On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Alan Clark of the Hollies, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. Pantheon Podcasts presents Deeper Digs in Rock, part of the Rock and Roll Archaeology Project. Music, culture, technology, and rock and roll. Now, on with the show. They're the ones who will hate you when you think you've got the world all sussed out. They're the ones who will spit at you. You'll be the one screaming out, don't leave me high, don't leave me dry, dickers. Okay, yep, <clears throat> think a little Radiohead this morning. Uh, hello, my friends. Uh, welcome to Deeper Digs in Rock. I am the rock and roll archaeologist, Christian Swain here. Let's get started with um, just a little bit of business and news. Um, there's just so much going on around the House of the Gods, our own little pantheon. Uh, lots of shows, nothing exactly new just today, but do go to pantheonpodcasts.com to see all uh, that we have on the plate for you. Um, oh, oh, uh, and you know, and there's there's a host page uh, if you want to take a peek at the mugs of all of us. All right, two things I want to tease about today. Um, uh, one uh, is going to be very cryptic. The other, uh, you, you'll get a good understanding of what uh, what we're up to here. Um, first, in, in a few weeks, we will be making a very, very big announcement. This is uh, an announcement to the podcasting world. It's um, it's something huge, and uh, we think it will usher in a new era for podcasting in general. Um, I can't say much more, uh, but to tell you that we have patented a new wrinkle uh, that should enhance what we are doing here, and we think um, we'll do for so many other podcasters as well. Uh, in a few weeks, I will be able to tell you all about it. So come back here for that. Um, all right, keep listening for it. Uh, the other news item, uh, not fit for human consumption just yet, um, but I can spill a little more to you diggers, since you're all a bunch of animals anyway. Um, uh, and I mean that in the most loving way possible. Uh, folks in Toronto uh, will get the first Pantheon Live event. It's coming this summer. Uh, we uh, haven't uh, settled on a date yet. We're, we're working with a couple of different venues uh, to get that figured out. Um, but we will be presenting a night of music edutainment. Uh, so the muses, uh, Shanti and Lynx, uh, Martin Popoff, host of History and Five Songs, and Ty Listen, host of the band a History, will be joining me at a venue to be determined. Um, but expect uh, three hours of uh, taking each of these podcasts and giving it a visual element, along with some audience interaction, musical guests, and a few surprises. What I can say is we are deep in pre-production now, so expect announcements to come soon with details. 
Um, oh, and we will be recording these shows to share with all of you who can't actually attend this particular uh, live event. Uh, and we are already looking at uh, the map and planning more of these. Um, so keep listening, pay attention. It'll all be here. Uh, like I said, a lot going on at Pantheon. All right. One last thing is uh, we'd like to remind you of our social presence, uh, Pantheon podcasts on uh, the Facebook uh, at Pantheon pods on Twitter and Instagram is uh, Pantheon podcasts like the like Facebook. OK. OK. All right. Let's do this. Did you ever get this feeling that I'm feeling because I'm feeling that I need to be used? a bitch, an educating witch, thank God I got my man telling me what to do, and now he loves me, says he wants me for my meat, I love those tough guys with their thick thighs who don't need to listen when I speak. Yeah, you diggers know I love that dirty, sexy rock and roll, right? Uh, yeah, I know. I like singer-songwriters, too, and everything in between as well. Uh, but getting back to the dirty, sexy part, I guess if I really had to choose, it's probably that with a, a dose of the something new. Um, well, we got that in spades today, friends. Uh, and they are fucking new and something you should go and listen to right away. Uh, they're called Bones UK. Um, this was one of those uh, love at first sight type of things for me. One note and I was hooked. Uh, okay, I literally was in love. Um, so who are these immensely proper, quiet, and suitably charming young ladies from the British Isles? Uh, yeah, they're anything but that. Bones UK is a two-piece from Camden Town, a suburb of London, and consists of an in-your-face rosy bones on lead uh, vox and uh, rhythm guitar and the very impressive and chill Carmen Vandenberg on lead guitar. They work very closely with producer Filippo uh, Cimadi to create a fresh rock sound uh, on record, but at the same time, these two fine sirens can do it live. First formed in 2014 when Rosie met Carmen and instantly had a connection, they put some stuff together and literally, believe it or not, had Jeff Beck show up at their second gig where, after seeing them, asked them to help write his 2016 album, Loud Hailer, uh, and then he invited them on the American tour. I'm just not sure you can possibly find a better endorsement than that. Uh, very fairy tale, uh, except when you realize separately Rosie and Carmen had been working uh, at it for years before all this came to pass. Uh, it just goes to show you, you just got to find that special chemistry. But if that is not enough, they were nominated for Best Rock Performance at this year's Grammy, uh, though they lost to Gary Clark Jr. 
So I got to speak to both of them while on tour, uh, opening for Corn. And I got to say, they are both charming, intelligent, sexy, and fun as their tunes. I love it when the act matches the music, and that is what you get with Bones UK. They just released an unplugged EP with some of the songs you'll find on their 2019 eponymous album. But what I dig about that is, and if you need more than Jeff Beck telling you this, showing they do have some impressive musical chops and therefore uh, given a chance, these, these ladies should go really far. Well, if rock and roll still matters, that is. I, I know it does to you and I, but can they make a big dent in the universe? We shall see. In the meantime, let's get to know them a little, and hopefully you will feel the same way about them that I do. Oh, uh, one last thing about these two from Camden Town. Th- th- there's a whole mythology being created here. They they have a very personal and authentic thing. They take their ideas, and not just from songs, but all that would go along with it. Uh, the imagery, the videos, uh, th- uh, their interaction with fans, uh, uh, just how they comport themselves. Um, uh, very real, but at the same time, it, it, is, it is comprehensive. And we will discuss all of this so diggers i give you rosie and carmen along with the tour drummer heavy of bones uk Welcome to Deeper Dicks and Rock, Rosie Bones and Carmen Vandenberg. How are you guys doing today? We are really, really, really good. We're in the middle of a very long journey, but we've bought some nuts and we're very happy. Oh, uh, you mean nuts like in planners nuts, or are you talking about extra people on the on the bus with you? Oh, <laughs> now this, we're actually talking about literal nuts. I've got some salt and vinegar nuts. Tom has got some pistachios, and we're just eating those. We're making the time go. Yeah, and Rosie, I might say that, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you had a collection of nuts that you've acquired over the years. <laughs> are we talking about what are we talking about are we talking about people or, or actual nuts uh, like, i think we're talking about anatomy parts uh, that you oh, have stored oh, a- away <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah i do i keep them in pickle jars at the back of the bus <laughs> yes we can pickle that yes yeah uh-huh yeah. <laughs> you can pickle anything if you put your mind to it right right all right lots to discuss today uh, but first, uh, and, and I know this is not a unique story. I've st- I've heard this several times. But why make a move from your your home in the UK and now base the band out of uh, Los Angeles? Vitamin D. Vitamin D. Dime. Right. There's a lot more sunshine in right? Southern Cal than there is in London. Oh my God. We we you know life's for us like we've been doing you know we've been doing music in London and when we started bands we just literally we wanted to do something different like we couldn't bear to the thought of sort of like starting playing the same venues that we've been playing 
for, for a long time. So we just wanted to do something different. And you have to, in life, sort of keep mixing up. Otherwise, you just get a bit stagnant. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was really important to us to try something new and just basically have a new start and get new management and get a whole new team together. So it was really kind of like the kiss of life that we needed to stay enthused about life i think we both were in this spot where we sort of i think i'd moved back at home with my parents and then karma was sort of living on sofas mm-hmm. and it was oh. just like we just needed to do something bold and if you can't you know you have to do stuff like that otherwise you know you can really stagnate so it was really important for us to do it yeah i'm not sure stagnating it doesn't take you guys very long to uh you know get noticed and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that in a bit but very quickly it seems like you know you guys are on a meteoric rise after uh you've met so so let's get a little background on uh the past between the two of you Uh, you're both londoners uh out of camden town right And, Uh and and you met in 2014 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, how, did, how did that come about? And, and then how did each of you grow up w- with music before that? I mean, you know, was music something in the house? Uh, I, I think Carmen did. did uh, I think I read you grew up in Italy, right? Yeah, a bit all over the place. But then forming years from like 12 to 18, we're Italy, I guess. 12 to 14. So just a couple of uh, 18. Just, oh, to, to 18. So just a few years. And uh, are, are, are you Italian or are you just were your parents were living there and that sort of thing? Um, I'm a quarter Italian. My mom's half Italian. So. Oh, OK. OK. So just spend the time there. OK. Yeah. And you, Rosie? I'm 100% pure London. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. I can hear it in your voice. Totally, <laughs> right. totally English. Nothing else at all. Uh, uh, keeping yeah. the uh, the Union we, Jack flying, right? Right, exactly. Well, we, we, met in, we met in Camden. So we were in this, it's this famous blues bar in Camden called The Blues Kitchen, which I kind of frequented regularly and so did Carmen. I think I'd just broken up with some stupid boy and was kind of nursing a breakup. No. Over a couple of whiskeys, and I was just sort of sitting on my own, and I and I saw this girl come up and play with this, you know, it's just like a sea of old men playing the blues. Yeah. And then yeah. a very yeah. little like blonde chick comes up, and she was um, obviously like it, she really stood out. And immediately after she got off stage, I uh, went up to her and was sort of uh like, you know, that was incredible. And then I think we drank like nineteen other whiskeys, yeah. and went <laughs> and then went back to mine, and sort of like fell in musical love, and just sort of like played stuff and. Uh, played with each other and um, just kind of decided from that moment onwards we were going to do something together. Right, right. Now, so so tell me a little bit about both Sorry. of your, your musical journeys uh, before yeah. you guys met. I mean, uh, you know, were you both into the same sort of music or, you know, did did, did you come at it from two different angles or, or, you know, tell me that story. Well, I mean, we... How about your stuff? Okay, well, I've, I've always been in love with the blues. I mean, from... As far as I can remember, I just like fell in love with it. And then I grew up with, you know, dad loving the Stones and mum loving the Beatles and all of that stuff, and all the classic rock. But <laughs> wow, I, there I must have of... been some family fights on that uh, during yes, that between the Stones and the Beatles. Hundred percent. When when we had guests over, it was like play this or play that, and it was it depend. I could cause an argument if I didn't play the right song. <laughs> Very cool. I like the Beatles. <laughs> I'm probably more stones. I'm definitely Beatles. Well, uh, yeah, I can hear some of that. I mean, there's so you know, uh, certainly on the Beatles side, there's some real pop chop chops in mm-hmm. what you guys are doing. You know, and, and the stones come in it from yeah. from the from the the bad boy angle. And yeah, uh, let's say the two of you are bad boys or bad girls. Uh huh. 
Yeah, I think. I mean, I think for me, Beatles always won won because of the songs. Yeah, like yeah. the Stones, obviously, is like they're kind of cooler and like they're you know. But ultimately, it's the blues stuff, which is amazing. I fucking love that stuff. But for me, Beatles, just like their songwriting, was just just un uncomparable with the Stones songwriting. I mean, the Stones have got a couple of good tracks, but as far as the Beatles go, it's just whitewash for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, and that's where my my background totally is like songwriting. Like my parents. Or musicians. My dad was a oh. kind of he played drums and stuff, and uh, mm -hmm. and it was always about songwriting. So one of my big influences, like Randy Newman, it's all about lyrics. So I've never been fanatical about what like, one band, but it's always been about songs for me. And really good storytellers like Paul Simon and Randy Newman, and people and Prince, oh. people who tell stories. And I think that's where me and Carmen kind of bonded. Was we that's where it crossed over. Prince. We love Prince. Mm -hmm. Oh, music to my ears! Uh, you uh, are hitting. Uh, you are hitting all the right influences uh, for doing <laughs> what, uh, what you guys are are, are attempting here, uh, because you know, let's face it, rock and roll is kind of in a in a, a bad spot at the at the moment. It's it's you mm -hmm. know it's it's being overtaken by other forms of music, and and, and you know we're just in a fragmented uh, world uh, where mm -hmm. everybody can get their own. Um, you know, and so for an old rocker like myself, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it is unusual to to find something that's different. Uh, and, and and but you know, it's weird. I, it's as soon as I started going, yeah, I, I think I think it's over. Then all of a sudden, these new unique uh -huh. bands start showing up, like you guys. Right. I don't know if you've heard of a band called the Who, which is a, a band out of Mongolia, and they the take Who? Mongolian, they take Mongolian <laughs> traditional, yeah, H U, not not the okay. not the W H O, not the those guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then, wow. you know, but they're doing, they've got this new sonic quality uh, wow. to them that I've never heard before. And, and I'm getting the same vibe out them. of you guys. Yeah, well, what we always wanted to do is um, is is uh, always do something different. Like, we don't, we have no interest at all. And lots of bands, you know, love doing this. It's all paying homage to bands that have gone by, old rock bands, and that's fine if that's what they want to do. But that just that doesn't interest us at all. Yeah. What interests us as a band, and what we started out wanting to do with us and our producer Filippo, was do something new and push rock and roll into the future. We call ourselves Future Rock because we want to be in the place where like rock and roll is going, not just sort of like referencing where it's been. And I think sonically things have changed. Like you have to move with the times. You can't just sort of keep being like, oh, this is rock. This is how, you know, you've got to kind of adapt to the way that people hear things and sonically how things have changed. Um, you've got to stay, you know, you've got to pay attention to that and not just sort of like be defiant of it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We're always conscious of that. Uh, what what, we do. Would I be out of line calling your music, uh, you know, dirty and sexy with a big dose of female empowerment? Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, you can call that that. We call it <laughs> And, I, and I, mean, I mean, from from what I've been able to discern without without seeing mm -hmm. you guys live, um, is this ability to redraw gender lines uh, and, uh -huh. and, and maybe even obliterate them. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, uh, beautiful is boring. Uh, uh, the video begins with you, Rosie, getting some head uh -huh. without even a hint of reciprocation, which Absolutely. is you know, not how the media usually plays those things. Of course. You know, well, that was. Yeah. You know, it certainly caught my attention and, and made you a, a, a badass as any dirty male rocker's image well, that, from any time in rock and roll history. Yeah, that was the sort of point. I had this idea for the, the music video for a while where I wanted to just play. We love gender flipping. And it's just like I've never seen that scene of like yeah. what, you know, it all started with um 
with, you know, I've never seen a gaggle of like screaming, you know, fans, fanaticals. It's always like Beatles mania. It's always loads of young girls sort of right. throwing their underwear and, right. and swooning and fainting. And I just thought it was a really interesting flip. I just wanted to see what it would look like if that whole, you know, all the fans were boys. And then obviously I then pushed it to a place where like, what would someone like Mick Jagger be doing before he went on stage and being screwed up by girls, obviously he'd probably be getting a blowjob. So I thought that's like where we need to start. Yeah. Is that. Right, right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And it's it, not it like, was... it's not, yeah, it's just sort of like posing the question, like what it will look like. And it's, 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 I think it was really, it's one of my favorite videos I've made. Yeah. And isn't that really what equality is all about? Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is that people people rock us out as like a feminist band. And yeah, sure, we're, we're a feminist band in the terms of uh, the, all sexes are equal. We're not a feminist band in the way that some people see it as like man haters. We're definitely not that. We always have a sense of humor with everything that we do. We, we love men. Like we're never like, fuck men, they're all arseholes. <laughs> right, right. We just believe that like, you know, you have to. Uh... Yeah, it's not a feminist empowerment. It's an all gender empowerment. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And, and and I think that's coming across pretty easily. I mean, you know, I was able to yeah. figure that out very very quickly. And and, yeah. and that's that's refreshing and uh and a, and a new take. And um, yeah. uh, and I think important uh for, uh -huh. for 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 society to see, which is what the best rock and roll always was. Agreed. I think I think you you're in danger there's the danger of isolating men and making men, you know, if you go too far, we don't want men to feel like they can't come to our shows or like you know people are going to throw stuff at them like you know it, it, there's a danger of doing that if you go too far the other way and that's not what we're about yeah you're not you about know? cancel culture no exactly no. We're, we're about equality and, and and we're really about gender not really meaning anything so people when they refer to us as a girl band we're not a girl band we're just a band that happens to be girls right 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 so now uh, it, it, it's interesting you both start uh you know with a love for the blues uh obviously uh, a good historical knowledge of what came before you uh, and going back, in fact, you know, I, I, I've been told um, several times, and especially by, uh, uh, you know, a, a famous producer engineer, Shelly Yakis, he, he told me once, hey, if you want to make it in this business, find out who your heroes' heroes are. And it sounds mm. like you guys have definitely done that. Uh-huh. Chicks like Sister Rosetta Tharp. Yeah. 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 Sister Rosetta Tharp. Yeah. 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 We always, you know, it's really, that's always really interesting to us. Right, right. Now, I really love how you're taking, um, you know, in a, if I can, kind of an industrial sound of the 90s, but then making it your own. Um, yeah. How did you come about that? Or, or, or were you both kind of heading there individually or, or was the producer helping to define it's, the sound? The, the def there's three elements to Bones. One's Carmen, one's me, and the other one is Filippo. Mm -hmm. And Filippo is 100% behind the industrial kind of side of things. So it's like, for me, my sort of strengths are like, like lyrics and top liney stuff. Carmen's obviously one of the bad, most badass guitar players. But then he yeah. really brings that kind of like industrial vibe mm -hmm. to it, which we, we, you know, it's so important to our sound. And he's fucking incredible. He's amazing. Yeah, well, you guys definitely have that, and uh, you know, I mean, you know, sure, you know, I can I can hear elements of, of Trent Reznor um, mm -hmm. in there, you know, the god of of, of that um, of yeah. genre. Um, but you know, again, it's it's. It's not exactly that. It's uh, you know, there, 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 there's computer, uh, computer aided, uh, instrumentation going on. Uh, you're mm -hmm. flying uh, a lot of interesting new sounds. Uh, and and of course, you also have Carmen, who is a fucking amazing guitar player. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, she is. <laughs> so, yes, she is. Yes, she is. So now, uh, in 2016. 
you two got the opportunity of a lifetime, and, and, and that was not just playing with guitar legend Jeff Beck, but <laughs> writing an entire album with him? Uh-huh. Yep. Got another How the story. fuck did that happen? <laughs> I'll tell you this story. I've done this. I'm good at this now. Um, so Karma went to a party, and she met Jeff, and was like, oh, we, did, we literally just started Bones at this point. This is like, like, like two months since starting Bones. Jeff, Karma yeah, can I Jeff. stop you just for a second and say, fuck you, two right. months after starting. <laughs> okay, go on with your story. <laughs> I know, it's like a lottery win. It's like yeah, a lottery it is. It is, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stupid. So she meets Jeff back at this party. She's like, come and see our band play. And I went, that's like, exactly how like, like, that happened. Like, go see my band play. And he was, like, he was like, yeah, sure, man, I will. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then so we're playing this shit gig. Like, it's an awful, it's like our first, one of our first gigs. Like, uh. a, like you know, a pub in pub in London there's like seven people on the guest list it's like my parents like a friend a neighbor and Jeff Beck and we're like there is no way <laughs> yeah. Tom, was like, Tom was like no I think he's gonna come in so I was like come sharp there is no way he's coming she said no 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 I think he will and anyway Jeff Beck turns up so it's literally this like empty room with like Jeff in the middle standing there was his amazing wife Sandra mm-hmm. um my parent you know no one there a um a dog and us we play the show and Jeff then like waits around afterwards and he's like, can you want to come for an Indian meal with us? So we go and meet Jeff and Sandra for an Indian meal. And then he basically says, um, okay, he was like absolutely blown away by the gig. Said it was better than when he saw Led Zeppelin for the first time. At this point, we're like pinching no ourselves. No fucking yeah, yeah. way. At this point, this is like fucking wow. stupid. Yeah. We're sitting there. With, like, I think we've all, we've had to take all of our gear in. We've had to take all of our equipment into the Italian restaurant, <laughs> another Indian restaurant. Right. So we're like, so we've got, we're like surrounded by our own equipment. So it doesn't um, get stolen. Right, right. Uh, exactly, right. And then it's like pissing down the rain outside. And he's like, right, I've got this tour booked um, with Buddy Guy supporting. Um, it's around America. Um, I need an album to promote while doing it. Would you guys be interested in writing the album with me? And it was like, oh, uh, yes. Yep. <laughs> so we then like yeah how yes do you say yes. no to that i mean obviously the, the, we say yes yeah. and the, the venues are like the hollywood bowl and madison right. square gardens and this buddy fucking guy one yeah. of carmen's biggest influences of all time is supporting it's like this is stupid and then i think like five days left later we're in jeff's house and it's my birthday and we start writing the record and we took it took two months yeah three months the whole thing like writing it and recording it and we um got filippo involved as well so he produced that album as well yeah because it does definitely have um a a bones uk uh kind of dna to it yeah maybe even more so than jeff i mean you know obviously whenever he plucks a string you can go oh there's fucking you know but uh uh, but still it kind of sounds a lot like you guys yeah (laughs) well there was there was three (laughs) out three out of three elements involved it was like, you know, it was such an amazing experience for us because it was like, uh, Jeff, you know, there's so many things that Jeff wanted to talk about. Um, but like, uh, you know, he's not, he, he's not, he does not a singer. No. So for, I, I sort of had to be his, uh, like a, like his voice and sort of sit down. There's a lot of long nights over bottles of Prosecco, sort of like working out like what Jeff wanted to talk about in this album. He'd just sort of like talk. And I'd sort of then formulate them into lyrics and songs. And then Carmen was coming up with amazing, like, um, sort of guitar ideas. So it was this amazing sort of very trusting environment where he sort of trusted us to be his, mu- not his muses, what is it, like, his vessel. It was like we were sort of, he was sort of, like, saying, and then obviously his playing, it's just like, what the fuck? There's moments when he's playing in his living room where we were like, good yeah. lord. Jeff. There's moments even on the tour when um, we were with him that I'd, like, forget to play my parts because of, 
the way he plays. It's just you just you'd freak out and stop and be like, yeah, Holy and shit. just listen. How did he just do that? <laughs> right, just like what's happening here? So it was. It was like this. It was like this. Uh, this like rock and roll lottery win. It was bizarre. So for a year, we just we just toured that and toured Japan toured America, toured Europe. It was wild. Five-star hotels. It was completely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I'd moment... say audiences bigger than uh, your parents and the dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a moment where we had one little tour with Bones that was um, at the same time as a tour with Jeff, and it was really interesting going from, like, the luxury of the buses and everything and then going back into our, like, converted riot van. <laughs> uh, right. so it, like, it was amazing. I mean, we, but... we preferred the van. It the thing, a- the most interesting thing about it all is that it's like we we didn't we didn't we don't we didn't like we prefer the posh you know the how posh Jeff's tour was like it was incredible it's such a great experience but for us the thing that we ended on after that was how much we then wanted to really commit to doing our own stuff you know it was like although that was the most incredible experience people were there to see Jeff because obviously he's like a fucking legend yeah and after that tour was the real moment where we were like right let's get back to fucking Bones. Yeah. And that's so we basically had to start. That's when we moved to LA and basically started again um, after that because we had we had to get new management, we had to get new everything. So it was after that we were like, right, we're fucking focusing on that. We want those we want those arenas to be full of people who are just there to see me and Carmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I'm sure that's been the mission since then. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, it was definitely uh, you know a great opportunity, uh, yeah. and I'm sure it opened up a, a, a lot of doors. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, you know that's uh, you know that's that's having quite the the uh, resume uh, there. Uh, you know, and I I just I gotta say I love how the album starts with uh, with a Gil Scott Heron poem. The revolution or, will or, be televised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that come about? <laughs> Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. 
So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. I just, I love that quote. And I I was playing lots of the stuff that Jeff was talking about, um, was about like TV and about um, political stuff that was going on, the political climate and this kind of feeling of a, uh, you know, big brother-esque sort of stuff Uh. going on. They were all being watched. And I thought it was such a brilliant sort of reimagination of that quote to be like the revolution will be televised and yeah. you can watch it in HD. Yeah. About sort of like you can't really escape any of this stuff anymore. It's like it's 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 everywhere. I, I like that thought. Yeah. I like little tiny flips like that. Yeah, yeah. And Car- Carmen, what, did you have a favorite uh, track on that album? Shrine. Shrine? Last track. It's mine and Rose's favorite. Oh, really? Um, really? Like, we're very attached to that one. Do you still keep it in the set? We don't, but we were thinking about it recently. Yeah, we were thinking about throwing it in every once in a while, maybe on something acoustic or stripped down or like um, headline sets when we get to them. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, uh, so let's see. So, so you know, as I, as I was saying, you know, the state of rock and roll these days, what, what, where do you guys think it is? What, you know, what do you, what, you know, what's your opinion? I, I, th- I think we're actually in a really exciting spot. Mm. I think that people, as I sort of touched on earlier, I think it's obviously a bit tougher, but I think we're in a spot with all music and especially rock that people have got to kind of um, try out some new stuff. Like it's kind of like a, a time where it's like, right, okay, if rock and roll as it was isn't doing as well, then we need to kind of like, I don't know, change things up a bit and kind of like 
it's like with um so much stuff to do with music these days it, it, the the old formula doesn't really work you know there isn't you, people can't take the same route as they did so we've all got to think of kind of like inventive ways to get your head above the water and it's fucking hard because it's oversaturated there's so many bands yeah there's it's so a sea people. of choices uh, it's a is, sea. Is, is the hard part yeah, it's really hard, but it, uh, but for me and for Carmen, it, that kind of stuff excites us. Yeah. So it's like, right, fuck, okay, so that does, you know, that's a, you know, sponsored that ads. Work. They don't work anymore. Okay, right. So why do we do this? Like, you know, taking, we're really about like, you know, taking the marketing budget that we have at our label and putting that to interesting, you know, trying to find interesting ways to use that rather than just like hiring a press person. You know, there's so many different ways of doing things these days. We think it's really exciting. It doesn't mean that you have to work probably a lot harder, maybe not a lot harder than you used to, but you have to be more, uh, you've got to think of new ideas. You've got to think of new things much more than you used to. But it's exciting times, I think. There's so much cool rock music coming out at the moment, which isn't your conventional old school rock. No, that's very true. I mean, uh, like I said, you know, I, I've recently talked to uh, three people uh, now that I think are are changing the game. Uh, you know, I mentioned who uh, to you guys, yeah. uh, you guys. And then mm-hmm. uh, I talked to Marcus King uh, last week, uh, you know, who's a fucking hotshot blues, you know, soul, blue eyed soul singer and hotshot guitar player himself uh, out there. Uh, I love and, Marcus King. Yeah, yeah, it just it just seems like like like, you know, just 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 when you think the game's over, they pull you back in, you know, yeah. and uh, and that's great. That's fantastic um, uh, that you guys are, are are part of this, you know, and I think you're right, uh, you know, in the sense that. Hey, look, uh, you know, in the 50s uh, and the 60s when rock and roll was all being invented, you know, they literally yeah. had to invent the whole thing then. Yeah. And, and then by the time we get into the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, it's been a pretty established sort of uh, of uh, entertainment um, yeah. vehicle. And uh, the expectation was, you know, you follow A to B to C and, and there, there you go. And if you have the talent and the luck, you, you know, you, you made it to the top. Uh, and then uh, the last 20 years, you know, obviously the Internet disrupted everything, most yeah. notably music. And music was one of the first to get disrupted. And so yeah. now there are no rules. And, uh, and in, in some ways that's liberating, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I think I think always you, I think things moving forward is always positive. I think, you know, lots of people do like the kind of more nostalgic kind of stuff. And that's OK. That has its place. But for us, it just doesn't interest us. Like we want to push it into a new place and kind of redefine what rock and roll is. Well, you know, uh, dark times usually is the best time for art. I know, right? Uh, it's art. Because, like, really, you, know, yeah. that, you know, that's what art is meant for, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so if we can, without delving too political, of course, if you want to, you're more than welcome to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are from the U.K. Uh, yeah. you, you have your own uh, uh, issue uh, going yeah. on over there in that Brexit uh-huh. thing. And, yeah. then, and then, of course, we have that dumb fucking chief uh, yeah. in, in, in here, and it seems <laughs> yeah. like the whole fucking world's on fire. I think, you know, once again, like, yeah, absolutely. It's fucking, there's so much shit going on, which is so depressing. Europe as well. I mean, everything is. But I think what is kind of hopeful, and I think the the, the kind of thing that I sort of like to think of is that 
I think loads of people are still just getting so sort of disillusioned with mainstream politics that that I think it's much more healthy to look at what you can do in smaller scale. Mm. Like, um, like you know, not. I think it's so easy to get so overwhelmed by how shit it is with the mainstream politics. How we've got like these arse. Sorry, I don't want to go too. Yeah, we I mean like you know these fucking arseholes who are at the the head of the food chain, right? But I think instead of feeling so you know it's so easy to just feel completely bogged down by that and hopeless. Yeah. But I think that. The, the way that I kind of, I, and I don't can't agree, um, look at it to kind of keep hope is that there's a lot of ways of kind of like looking around your community or looking smaller scale. And there's a lot of changes that you can make smaller scale, which actually are much more effective than being sort of like, you know, trying to take on the big. And I know that I totally agree with people protesting and all of that stuff, but, you know. It, it can feel a little bit hopeless. So I think, you know, looking sort of to your community and things that you can do on a smaller scale to help out people that you're in direct contact with and human kindness and those kind of things, I think to kind of like really focus on that at these times of real shit is really important because otherwise we're just going to all feel just totally helpless because um, yeah. shit like this just keeps happening, you know, and, I, and I, yeah, human yeah. kindness and looking at what you can do small scale. Carmen, you feel the same way? Yeah, very much. I mean, I think if you change within your little, then bigger changes can happen. I mean, it's just a matter of lots of people. So start on a granular scale. Uh, yeah. And, and then it, it, if, if like-minded people do the same thing across a, a wad swath of uh, humanity, then it'll boil up and, and we'll, we'll get the change that we're looking for. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, you know, I, I uh, uh, Rosie, human kindness is fantastic. I really love it. But, um, you know, sometimes, uh, you, you know, you got to beat the shit out of the fascists. And uh, I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the thing is, I, I mean, we don't want to beat up. We don't want to beat up anyone. We, you know, I just think that um, let's focus on. Uh, I don't even think there's a battle to be won here. I think a lot of it's out of our control. Right, what you can ac accomplish. Do the things that are in your control and, and forget about the Absolutely. things Absolutely, and I think there's, we're breeding quite a lot of people who are just feeling so depressed yeah. because they, it's out of their control, but that's not a good place to be in either. So let, you know. So I, I, underst I understand you guys have, like, you know, a full-on mission statement in that, that yeah. there's even, a, like, a, a video yeah. that you guys are working on that's going to kind of really try to explain that anymore. Can you can, – I, 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 I hear a, a, a lot of, you know, fuck the patriarchy and its antiquated rules for women in, in mm -hmm. music. I would assume that's part of it. But, you know, tell us, tell us what you think it, it, it is and, you know, and how you're going to convey that to, uh, to the audience out there. Yeah, number one, it's definitely not just women. Like, it's liberating for everyone. Like, and it's, 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 you know, anyone feels ugly. And, and a lot of men, you know, lots, lots of men have insecurities. You know, it's probably more yeah. men than women yeah. have insecurities. Yeah. So our music is never, ever meant to just speak to girls. Yeah. Our music is meant to speak to anyone who kind of, you know, we want to sort of fly the flag for the freaks and the geeks and people who kind of feel like, you know, they need a bit of strength sometimes because they, they do suffer from insecurity issues or, you know, need a little bit of um, strength in this. And we never write stuff because we are really confident people. We really majorly struggle with our own insecurity issues as well, which is why we write the songs that we do. So all that we ever try and do is just sort of act as, um, you know, a, a, an example of people who are trying to sort of overcome them and, and, and trying to be the strength if other people don't have it. Yeah, you know, like I'm throwing the hand to pull you up. 
Right. So you're 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 holding a a, a mirror of positivity uh, out to your audience and Absolutely. and 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 expecting them to kind of uh, be be you're you're kind of being the vehicle for for what everybody's insecurities uh, are. I mean, individually, everybody has their own. But the fact is, is that just the the acknowledgement that, uh, you know, that it's out there and that you guys are are feeling free enough to talk about it. And they yeah. should as well. Absolutely. And that's that's boys and girls. That's that's old people, young people, teenagers to like, you know, everyone has the same things. And the and it, it's definitely a byproduct of kind of the society, which we which we've we've all been brought up in a bit, which was all meant to be perfect or there's certain like things um, slapped on us because we look a certain way, behave a certain way because we're girls, because we're boys, because we're gay, because we're straight. And we kind of think those kind of labels, we have no time for them whatsoever. And we think that everyone should be happy with who they are Great. and not be told to be anything no. else by anyone else ever. No, achieve whatever it is that you feel that you can achieve and you should be allowed to go after whatever it is that you want to go after. Absolutely. So is it true that Howard Stern suggested you guys record the Bowie Reznor collaboration, I'm Afraid of American? Yes, he did. Um, I think um, Vinny from Octane um, played him some of our stuff, and then he was doing this compilation CD for Bowie. Um, and one of the bands, I think, dropped out, and they, um, they, he called us and said, do you want to do the, I'm a, a cover of I'm Afraid of Americans for this compilation I'm putting together? And we were like, that's amazing. So, so how did you guys go about making it different? And, and why do you think the world needs a new version of this song at this time? I mean, we just sat down and uh, Phil kind of changed, simplified the riff and changed it. Um, and then I don't I think lyrically, I think the main lyric in that song, which is mostly prevalent, which is prevalent, um, is I'm afraid of the world. Right. So it's like, it's like, although it's like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of Americans. Sure, man, there are some scary Americans. But I think the main lyric, which resonated with us and which resonates with other people that we play that song to is I'm afraid of the world. So it's about just there being like loads of scary people in the world right now. And I think it, def it definitely is more, pre more relevant than it was before, has been for a while. Terrifying, oh. terrifying people. Yeah, out there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is kind of terrifying, uh, right? As we as we've we been had, discussing, we, right? We had this thing, right? So we played. We we had no. We didn't really think about it. We so Howard Stern asked us to do it. We decided to play this song in a set, and I think we were in like Texas or something. And we were like, and we started with like, "This is fun," because I'm afraid of Americans. And some people don't know it's a cover. Number one, so we start as two English people start singing this song called "I'm Afraid of Americans," and we and people start like putting their middle fingers up at us, and we're like, "Oh, uh -oh. Lord!" <laughs> <laughs> and then like someone shouts like. Yeah, well, why do you why do you go back to where you came from then? Oh, we're like, Jesus. oh my god! Right. So and we had no, we didn't really think about it. Though. Of course, you know, it seems quite antagonistic. Um, so we that now before we play it, I make sure people know it's a bloody cover version. And secondly, really just 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 make sure that 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 lyric is highlighted. That it's I'm afraid of Americans. I'm afraid of the world. And I think the American thing just kind of because you're the most like you know. Well, it is the dominant the the dominant exactly. culture on the planet at the moment. Exactly, it's like the big Western <laughs> officer said, "They're the post. You're the poster boys for Western society." You're One right. of the funny things that's happened is um, watching the comments on the on the YouTube video and people like telling us again to go back home or like, <laughs> "Yes, you should be afraid of Americans." And then, like, well, I'd I'd love to write back, being like, "You know that Bowie wrote this." Yeah, 
yeah, and with Trent Trent Reznor, an American. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, from Middle America, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. All right, I hear you both were surprised by your uh, Grammy nomination for oh, best oh rock God. performance, huh? <laughs> it's so silly. It's amazing. <laughs> we still can't believe it. It's just incredible. No, now I think you lost uh, Gary Clark Jr. But uh, he did. But after watching, which which you know he played on the show, and actually it's a it's a pretty good song that uh, that he has. But after watching the show, I, I'm not sure who won what, since that doesn't seem to be much of the point of the telecast. But so I got to ask, did you guys attend? We did. We flew in. We had to. We had literally like this. And um, we got off stage with Corn, got straight into a car, got, went to the airport, arrived at 2 a.m. in L.A., woke up at 6 a.m., got ready, did the whole Grammys thing, didn't win the Grammy, went to a couple of parties, got back on a plane and flew back out to tour. Yeah. So it was mental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. mental. But it was, I, I, I've said this so many times, but I'll say it again, again. Like, for us, that nomination wasn't really about us. It was sort of like... It represented all the bands, all the new bands, who just kind of thought that establishment was closed to them. Yeah. Um, we kind of felt like we were like, we represented this glimmer of hope that, you know, our peers would be like, you know, we never expected we'd be nominated <laughs> for a Grammy ever in a million years. We laughed at our label when they, you know. <laughs> we, you guys are, you guys are fucking with us, right? Yeah, yeah it's exactly. literally. And when, we even, when they even, like, put us up for it, they're like, this is just stupid. This is stupid. There's no way. This is a waste of time. So we just felt like we were in there, you know. The fact we were nominated, we were walking that red carpet and we are in that place representing all the young new bands mm -hmm. who just thought those doors were well and truly locked yeah um and we're really proud of that no so yeah, we did yeah. it for all of us yeah yeah and you know it's it wasn't a bad diverse list of nominees uh, no. for that particular category you were you were nominated along with britney howard and yeah. uh, karen o lots of girls there was yeah. loads of chicks. so we kept sort of being asked about on the red carpet there was lots of stuff obviously because there's there's you know women have been there's lots sort of like me you know um are women uh, represented well enough at the Grammys, but, but we were sort of, it was kind of a hard question for us to answer because in our category, I think there was more girls than there was boys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We were like, oh, well, so we were fucking, I mean, those people are ridiculously cool. The people we're up against. Karen O is one of my biggest heroes. Britney's incredible. Um, and Gary Clark Jr. is amazing as well. And the other brands that were incredible as well. So we were so, awesome. the Rival Sons are a great rock band. So we were just so honored to be on that list. Yeah. And we we get a medal. We kind of wanted the medal more. We're yeah, happy. We're happy with the oh, medal. You got, you got the nominees medal, so you're cool. Yeah, we can wear it on stage every right. night from now on. <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good. So so now you two are out uh, with the the big corn tour. Uh, yeah. How are Jonathan Monkey and the boys treating you? Uh, they're amazing. The whole crew is so sweet. Jonathan is like the nicest. Of they're all taking really good care of us. I would say that it's like the heavier the band, the nicer the guys yeah. or gals. It's always like the heavier the rock band, the like more polite and lovely people are. Well, like, hey, until I'm you get to that there. Swedish uh, black metal, and then you have to worry about people eating you. But sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it, no, everyone is so nice. And, you know, obviously, um, when we started the tour, we worried. You know, we didn't know how the audience was going to take us. Yeah. Um, we didn't know it would be like bottles of piss territory because that's what <laughs> happens. You know, if you're not like heavy enough. Yeah. Oh, God. But um, no, they, the fucking fans have been insane. Everyone, and the arenas are basically full when we're going on. The whole thing has been like a joy. 
So we are having the best time. I've got an ear infection, so I can't hear out of one of my ears. But other than that, it's great. <laughs> so, so the interesting thing is, is that, that what you're telling me is that the audiences are responding uh, yeah. to you, you guys, which I, I, I assume you're coming up first. And, yeah. and you're saying that, that through word of mouth, people are probably going, hey, you want to show up early to catch uh, Bones Ooh. or Cat. Maybe let's hope it's that. It might just be because they want to get like value for money out of their ticket. But let's go with that. They heard that we're really good. <laughs> yeah, let's do uh, that. That that's that's going to be the story I'll push. Yeah, yeah let's go with that. Could that be the tagline for the podcast? Right, right. Word of mouth. Go check these girls out. Yeah. Hey, uh, so and and so so you're, you're you're now getting to see all of the country. So mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you, you know, what do you what do you see are either the similarities or uh, opposites to American and UK audiences? And I ask because, you know, I've read about so much of, you know, this change. And, and, and let's face it, it it's, it's much a more connected world today. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know, uh, the Midwest was, you know, at least five to 10 years behind the trends that you would find yeah. on the coasts. Not probably the case today, but um, there's still got to be some differences, right? You have so much difference within your own country is, is the main thing. I wouldn't even go comparing it to Europe. It's like from what you were saying about the Midwest. I mean, it might be behind, but the, their enthusiasm, like when you go play in their city, mm-hmm. is amazing. It's something that like. So they're really appreciative that you're coming out to see them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a trend. You play like places like New York and London. You definitely are dealing with a much more skeptical audience. Yeah. Because they they've seen it all. They go to some of these like amazing little places, and the audience is just so happy that you're there, and that uh-huh. you get such a great reception. Uh-huh. Um, differences between England and America, as Carmen kind of said, I think it's kind of hard to generalize because like you go to so many different places in America are so different from one another, and the same with Europe. So it's it's hard to sort of be like one or the other. Um, people probably no people drink a lot here. I was going to say people drink more in Europe. People are getting uh, <laughs> accents. That's probably the only thing. The accents, yeah. The accents, yeah, because because yeah. we have fifty different accents. Well, I don't know. Yeah, there's quite a few accent accents in, uh, right. in the British Isles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's loads of good ones. Well, <laughs> Welsh, Scottish, yeah. Irish. Yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a fan I'm a fan of Catherine Tate and uh, you know yeah, her ability to Catherine take on Tate. all of uh, her, uh, her 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 uh, her friends and family throughout the. Uh, she is the such. <laughs> she is a brilliant comedian. She's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So tell us about your drummer, Heavy. Ah, oh, he's right behind us. <laughs> we said he was sort of busking in the street, and we picked him up. Do you want to say hi, Heavy? Hey, man, you want to get on the you want to get on the radio? <laughs> what up, man? How you doing? Good. How about yourself, Heavy? I'm doing good. You having fun uh, holding uh, holding these girls down with the with the beat? Not so much fun, but I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> you pay him a lot of money to be here. He's quit like 900 times to give him to up his pay. It's really annoying. All right, I'm done with you too. Right, 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 right. We met Heavy when we first moved to um to LA. Uh-huh. We auditioned. We went to music college. Um, MI. MI, and went and auditioned like loads of people. And I think the story is that Heavy wasn't even meant to be doing the audition. His friend couldn't do it, and so he sort of went in his place. And he was the last guy to audition. And it's the moment he walked in. Me and Filippo were like. That is our dude. Carmen was like, I don't want to hear my... Carmen wanted someone else, but we, we convinced her otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seems to be working out. And and so the band on stage is just a three-piece. Yeah, three-piece. We love it like that. I mean, after every single show, there's like... 
a dude comes up to us and goes, hey, man, why, do you never, why don't you have a bass player, man? And we're like, uh, oh, we, we like electronic bass. And then we're like, and then we always go like, are you a bass player, Bonnie Chance? like, yeah, I'm a bass player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're stealing my job, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he's like, well, if you ever need a bass player, you, you can help. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, man. Yeah. The only time we're ever going to have bass players on stage is we have two identical twins. One's left-handed, one's right-handed. And they stand behind me and Carmen. That's the only time we're going to do it. Well, I, I, I just love that you've actually found this whole thing out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm like, ideally, we want them to be Japanese as well. That, that is the only way we're ever going to have bass players in this band is if that is, that's the vision that I've got, and that's the only way we're doing it. So, so twin, else twin Japanese have... <laughs> bass players. Yeah. And, and um, so if all the guys, and one of them is going to have blonde hair, one of them is brunette. It's going to be fucking amazing. Oh, <laughs> nice. You really have it all worked out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We and, need and, symmetry. And, and I think Rosie, you, you, that is, that is where your headspace is at. Is is thinking yeah. about uh, how you know all the the uh, the the extracurriculars that are required to uh -huh. uh, to put uh, you know an act on the road and to, to to you know as we talked about a little bit earlier, how to bust out of this ocean of mediocrity. Mm -hmm. and, and I think and, about stuff like that a lot. I, I love I love like marketing and I do a lot of stuff like that and think about it a lot. Carmen's a bit Carmen's more logistical. Like she she's really good. Whenever I have ideas, right. she sort of helps me execute it. <laughs> she's like, I'm like Carmen, that's, I've got that's right great, there. but it'll cost us two million to do, yeah. Rosie. I'm but, like uh, Carmen, find me it for free, and she's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I built it. We do. We we always host parties and with like five five days notice with like no PA and stuff. We're like, okay, let's make this happen. We're so um yeah I've got a lot of ideas and I can't wait to do more of them. Yeah, so so you guys are at the beginning of what seems to be a long journey, and and once when music used to actually change the world that and that seems to be the mission that that mm -hmm. somehow I bet is tattooed on each of you. Yeah, we're not in this. We don't want to just play some like pretty love songs and like you know some people that's great, but that's not really what we're doing. And we you know this is really want to leave behind. A legacy of something that kind of means something um you know we we really love what we do and we love how it affects other people and the best thing that people can say to us is how they feel sort of empowered after they see us do something and that and that's what we're about we we love what we do yeah i i can i can see that uh, in everything that uh, that you do i really look forward to seeing you live and uh, ah. I, I will put your uh, your songs on uh, on the rock and roll archaeology playlist for sure uh, rosie and carmen thanks so much for being with us on deeper digs in rock today thank you so much thank for you. having us baby made a bad bet i think he got his face wet I'm sorry I don't have what you need Just leave Cause I'm the hardest of the hard ones Throwing rocks at your kind sons Your romance don't fool me There's a hole where my heart went Black blood dripping on the carpet Rock and roll soul, gotta run free That's me Cause I like it on my own Slowly turning into stone No, it's not cool to be happy So just don't waste Nobody else waste Just don't waste your time
Let's hear it for the rock stars Rosie and Carmen of Bones UK. Also with a little bit of heavy in there as well. I hope you enjoyed meeting them as much as I did. Do go listen, buy, share their music wherever you get all your tunes. I really think they're worth it, and um, I can't wait to see them live. They most definitely have the goods to go very far and just need the exposure to reach a mass audience. I have no doubt they will get even better in their songwriting, and they have a very cool sound that sucks you in. Um, Yeah, I know, I sound like a fanboy, and like in their video, Beautiful is Boring, that I brought up in the discussion, (laughs) I'd gladly be in the audience of only guys screaming for them. Um, I don't have much to add in general discussion this week, other other than to say we are finding more and more newer acts in rock and roll that are making a difference. Uh, You know, just when you think rock and roll is dead, someone like Bones UK shows up to give you hope. Uh, And they're not the only ones. Uh, Maybe there is a bit of a resurgence going on today. Um, You know, since the record isn't the be-all, an artist needs to perform live to survive. Um, Therefore, you need to be entertaining. And as I was saying not too long ago, there's nothing like a rock and roll act to get the blood flowing. Other musical forms are, I don't know, singular or lacking authenticity, Uh, Not so with some of the people we've been talking to lately, and definitely not uh, so with these two ladies. This is just fantastic. All right, let me leave you with their cover of the Bowie uh, Reznor penned I'm Afraid of Americans that Howard Stern got the Bones Girls to do for uh, his Bowie tribute album. Okay, that's it for this week. Oh, you know what to do. Keep up the rockin'. Johnny's in America, no tricks at the wheel. Deeper Digs in Rock, produced and hosted by Kristen Swain. All sound design and incidental music by Busy Signal Studios. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What the 
problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.